The content of this podcast, Swingin' It, is for informational and entertainment purposes only. The content discussed is not intended for investment advice nor a recommendation. Investing in any stock, security, bond, ETF, option contracts, or futures has substantial risk of loss. Chris McBride and John Burrell are not certified financial or investment advisors, nor are they registered brokers. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that neither Chris McBride or John Burrell will be held responsible for any loss that you may occur from acting on the topic or discussion in this podcast. These topics are not meant for recommendation. Chris McBride and John Burrell may hold positions in securities discussed in this podcast. to tabby island it was a nice trip lots of sun uh sunshine on the beach um stayed in a historic uh mansion so that was kind of cool um through airbnb so we stayed there um went out on the beach toured the town a little bit ate some really good uh food and uh, glad to be back in north carolina did you go to that alcoholic slushy shop was that <laughs> no so we went to Tybee Island once. So if you don't know what Tybee Island is in Georgia, um, it's not a, it's, it's a smaller beach. Like there's families there, the people live there, but it's not like a whole lot of people, but it's not also like one of the beaches where you go to and can only sit on the beach. Like there are stuff to do. So they have a few shops. I think they have like a turtle nesting museum or something like that there right near the pier area. Uh, they have this slushy shop though that has like this is probably an exaggeration, but like two hundred different slushy flavors. They have one non-alcoholic, I think it's strawberry. That's only non-alcoholic, but it's just alcoholic slushies. And Tabby Island does not have, or when we went, it does not have an open open container law, so you can like just walk around the sidewalk with your drinks. So I didn't know that. But um, another cool story about Tybee Island, um, when we went, so me and my buddy Alex, we drove in uh, at, a di- at a different time than my parents. Uh, so we drove in, I don't know if we got there first or second, but when my father first got there, uh, he was driving through the town and there's this old lady um, who had bought groceries at IGA or whatever's there. She was loading her groceries in the back of the car and her car was parallel parked on the sidewalk um, area. And um, a cop chased him down and wrote him a ticket and said that he um, did stop for the for the woman in the sidewalk who was like, she wasn't walking on the sidewalk. She was loading her groceries by her car right there and happened to be near a crosswalk. So he was not very happy with the Tabby Island experience and it rained every single day on monsoon i know we were out one time walking around and it's another place you can drive your golf carts around there's no like road laws like you can just drive your golf cart down the road but um i forgot what we was out doing but it started pouring the rain and we had to like take off through people's yards and we was like under somebody's real fancy house thing trying not to um get seen by them because who knows what they'll do when you're got two 18 year olds out like in your backyard trying but we just tried to stay out the rain while he came and got the golf cart picked us up so i don't know tabby island was different i don't know i don't know how i feel about it. i like slushy shop i don't think it's one of my favorite beaches um yeah it's more it's more laid back for sure uh, it's a historical town it has a lot of uh, monuments and stuff so stay real big into that we we done that and then kind of just relaxed and enjoyed that we were down there but it's not like it's not a lively place like did y'all go to savannah yeah yeah so we we actually stayed in savannah and yeah so that's uh, like 45 minutes away well where we stayed at we weren't we weren't very far from tabby uh from the beach but um we technically stayed in savannah um and 
stayed down there and walked around a good bit and uh, went to a few different places to eat really good food um, in Savannah. And then we went out to the beach and stayed all day one day. So on Tabby. Yeah, we stayed actually in Tabby Island and then we drove to Savannah a couple of times. I do remember one guy was walking around passing out demo tapes. So I think we met these girls or whatever, and we were just riding around. I guess they lived there, but we were like riding around. I remember us riding around in their car, listening to this random dude's demo that just like handed it to us on the sidewalk. So <laughs> I probably have it somewhere to be honest, but yeah. So if you saw, we didn't have a show Friday is because John was on vacation and we probably could have had a short one, but I mean, everyone takes a vacation. You might as well hang out and do something on vacation. And there's no reason for us to try to have a show and it be a short, shitty show just to put one out. We'd rather put out um, good shows every time. So we decided not to do that. And then I know we had said that there was going to be some a big show tonight with some different cast of characters, but that got moved to next Sunday. So be looking forward to that in the future. Some... Um, Real neat content coming up. We got some cool people coming on the show. I think me and John's actually going on somebody else's show. So be on the lookout for that. You might be able to listen to somebody else's show and hear us on there. And then um, we got some, a couple, a few interviews coming up in the next few weeks. So be sure to look out for that content. And you can do so mainly by following us on Twitter at Swinging It. That's on Twitter, no just at Swinging It. So if you're not following us yet, be sure to go ahead and follow us and yeah, just keep sharing the show with your friends and uh, keep watching the show. And we really thank y'all for listening. But with that, we're going to tonight's show. We're probably just going to hop right into some things. We're going to continue our option talk with a portion um, of the things um, you might've heard us say on our interview with Ivanka, Ivana, not Ivanka. I don't know where I got that from. That's Trump's daughter, <laughs> Ivana. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so the Greeks, and we're going to start with Delta. So, and Delta is just another one of the things that you can look at when you're buying and trading options to determine, you know, different things about. So, John, you'll take it away with stop jargon with John talking about Delta. Yeah, so um, I'll try to pull something up on the screen here in just a, um, just a moment. But uh, basically, Let's Delta. What exactly uh, it is. Okay, yeah, so uh, Delta is basically what percent the derivative moves with the underlying stock. So, for example, it, 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 it's, it's usually used with derivative products, so you can see what percentage it moves in um, the same direction as the underlying that it's derived from. So the definition is a ratio that compares uh, the change in price of an asset um, to the corresponding um, derivative. So I can pull up here and yeah, give so a better well, explanation. When John's pulling that up, I'll break that down into regular people terms because that was the most technical definition we've had on the show thus far. Delta basically tells you how much money you will make or lose if the stock that the option's in moves $1. So basically you can determine how much your option contract will either increase or decrease, and that's what you get from Delta. Yeah, so if we um, look at a trade page here, and it isn't, it isn't just for options, it's, for, it's really for any derivative. Um, yeah, we're talking about options right now, so. Yeah, but I'm just putting it out there. It's not just for options. But um, if we pull up the option chain here, um, we're looking at the S&P 500 ETF SPY. It's a really common used, uh, commonly used ETF for trading the S&P 500. If we, well, let's see, I actually don't think I have that. Let me change this. Delta. Okay. So, so if you're listening to the podcast, um, John's has his trading profile up to, to show everyone on the screen. So, if you want to see what we're looking at on John's screen, um, be sure to check out the YouTube video. 
So options have leverage, which basically means that your potential, the moves can be greater for the amount of money that you put up. So if you say you buy a call in the S&P 500 ETF SPY, if you buy a call, you'll put up a very significant, uh, you know, a, a less amount of money than you would have to put up for all those shares to potentially have the same return as the shares, but with less money. But that being said, even though they have leverage on them, they don't move dollar for dollar with the stock price. And to know at what extent will this move with the stock, that's when you look at delta. So if you were looking at this, uh, so calls, you look at the calls, right here is where the stock, this orange bar is where the stock currently is. It's at $3, I mean, $317 and 50 cents. Um, so if we look at this call right here and we look to buy that call, um, it's a 51 delta. So that basically means is that for every dollar, it's going to move 50 cents. Yeah. Or you can look, so that's a good point, the pause here, because um, it depends on what trading platform you're using. Sometimes Delta, you may see Delta as a decimal, and sometimes you may see it as like a whole number. So like he, John's pointing out the 0 0.51 Delta right now, which means that if SPY moves a dollar, your option contract will move 50 cents per each of the shares in the option contract, right? Correct. Yeah, so there's 100 shares in each contract, so it would be 50 cents per each of those shares. So on your, depending on what trading platform you use, you may see that instead of um, 0 0.51, you may just 51, which is basically saying it moves $51 for every dollar, um, for the 100 shares combined, right? Right. Yeah. And so that's basically, um, the short the sh one of the ways that you can use delta um and i want to kind of go over last week's episode two just to make sure um, that and this is a good topic for the delta conversation as well because you can when you talk which contract and this kind of made it hard for me to tell you last week when we were going over the spreads because I couldn't say the delta of where the spread was located and you understand where that was at. So we'll kind of go over that now here as well. So if I'm looking at the calls, so and on John's this side bringing, of- John's actually bringing this up because I had asked him a question and um, I had things a little backwards and he was trying to play. I was like, well, that's not, what I got out of what we were talking about. So that's why we're going back and kind of making sure everyone understands what we were actually referring to. And if you forgot what we were discussing at the time, we were discussing um, spreads, mainly selling of put and call spreads. Yeah, so we'll kind of clear some things up there on this topic. So if you have this orange bar here, that's where the, well, like I said, that's where the stock price currently is. It's at $317.59. The calls is above, well, the calls, you can buy in the money calls or out of the money or sell in or out of the money. But basically when you're thinking of calls, you're thinking it's, going higher and when you think of puts you generally think going lower so if we kind of keep that in mind and we're looking at the calls and we want to sell a spread we are trying to sell a spread that's above the current stock price now on this screen i don't know why they have it this way but it's actually backwards so from where the current stock price is at three dollars and 17 cents as you go down it goes higher so the calls on this side you go down the page, which will show you the higher price of the stock that you want it to go below, that you want it to stay below. So if you want to sell a spread and you go out here um, and sell this $1 wide spread, a call spread. So you'd be selling a credit call spread. And what that means is you're selling a call, which that's easy, that's the easy part of it. You're selling a call and you're receiving a credit. So you're selling a credit call spread. A spread just means 
there's some distance between the first option and the second option. So you are uh, selling a credit a call spread, so you're receiving a credit for it. So if you go um, above the current share price, so the current share price is at 317, we're going to the $322 call and we're selling that one. Now we're gonna, the first one in your spread that's closest to the current stock price, it doesn't have to be the next one after it. So if this is at 317.59, you don't have to sell the 318 call. It just has to be the very next call that you select that you're wanting to that you're wanting to put the spread at. You're going to sell that first one and buy the one behind it. So the one that's closest to the stock price is the one you're going to sell, and the one behind it is the one you're going to buy. Now to pick where you want to do it, you can. Under, to understand the probabilities, because usually when you put on a trade like this, you're trying to have a high probability setup, and you're still trying to have a decent return on your on your money. So to have a high probability setup, delta is the inverse of the probability. So that's a big one right there. So if you're looking at this uh, 32 delta call spread, and you sell that 32 delta call spread, your probability of profit is 68%. So the delta, the inverse of what the delta is, is your probability of profit. So when, when you talk to someone else and you say, yeah, I sold some call spreads. If I'm talking to Chris, I say, I'm selling some call spreads in SPY, Instead of telling you the numbers, which doesn't really mean a whole lot, I can give Chris some context of where I sold these this call spread at, so he'll know how much risk I'm willing to take, and so I don't have to necessarily remember the numbers, and he doesn't have to remember the numbers if he's wanting to look at the same trade. I can say I sold the thirty, I sold the thirty-two delta. So if I sell the thirty-two delta on the platform, he can easily go to the 32 Delta and, and know which strike price that's at. And so for me, when I trade spreads, I stay around the 30 Delta. So, and that gives me a probability of profit around 70%. Now I'll go a little uh, closer, but usually it's within the 68 or, or really 65% probability the 70% probability. That's kind of the area I like to stay in, and that's around the um, 35 delta and 30 delta. So delta is important for you to mention um, what length of time you're normally looking at in options. Yes. Yeah, so when you're it, selling when you're doing these um, 30 deltas, what length of option contract are you looking at? So there's a lot of research that covers this topic and the optimal I'm time. I'm not talking about research. What do you look at? What I know, I know. So I'm just telling you why I look at the one I'm going to tell you about. So there's a lot of research around this that suggests that the optimal time frame, if you're selling options, is around 45 days. So if you if you're looking to sell options, then you, for me, I go out to the 45 day mark. And so right now I have a call spread on right now that I've had on, we actually went over this in the last show and I can show this again. So when I put this spread on, it was a, a um, it was like a 28 Delta. So it was like a 72-ish percent probability of profit going in. And then as things move, as the stock market moves around up and down, and it gets closer to your spread, the delta changes. So right now my spread is the 47 delta. So I'm getting close to, I have a 53% probability as of right now that this becomes, uh, that, that, that it stays below $321 a share. But when I started, it had like a 70, um, a little bit better than 70% chance of profit. Now, the current share price is still a few dollars away, so this can still be profitable if it goes back the other direction. But I sold I sold this around 46 days or 45 days to go. You know, it doesn't have to be perfectly 45 days for me, but just around that mark, 
and then we're still 40 days in, so I still have plenty of time for me to be right, and the probabilities are on my side. Now, this was a $3 wide, which means the first um, option at the 321, I sold that one, and then I bought one at the 324 to limit my risk, which is a $3 wide um, spread. So we went over all that on the last episode. I would say for people to, to go listen to the our previous episode to hear exactly all of the, all these trades. Um, John, um, how about clarifying the the put side? That's because where it was backwards is what what got me, and I think that could be more the trouble. I think people will, will be able to understand from our last episode the um, the call side, the where to pick them. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Let's move down here. So if we're looking at the puts, we go to the put side, the current share price, it's 317. Now for me, if I was doing this, I would go down here to the 30 deltas. Um, that gives you a 70% probability of profit because delta is the inverse of your probabilities. So 30 deltas, which also means, you know, it's only going to move, uh, this option contract's only going to move um, thir uh, $30. If I just uh, do a naked or just a single option, if I sell the single option right here, then, and I don't buy the one behind it, it's going to have um, around a 70% probability of profit. Now, if I buy the one behind it, it'll change a little bit. But if we're going over what Chris just mentioned, so if you're thinking puts, you're thinking lower than the current share price. And when you would put on this put spread is when you're bullish. So you think the S&P, in this case, we're looking at the S&P 500. You want the S&P, or you think the S&P 500 will go higher, but maybe you don't want to just buy the stock because you're not that sure. You're pretty sure, but you're not willing just to buy the stock. You want to take a high probability trade on this because you're thinking, well, it might move a little lower before it goes higher. And I don't want to risk. I don't want to put up $317. I have a smaller account. I want to use some smaller capital. So, you, so for me, I'd go out here to this uh, 30 Delta. I would sell the one that is closest to the, to the current share price. Now, that doesn't mean it has to be the 317. So if the stock's at 317, I don't have to sell the 317 strike price. But you... It's just the first one that you sell that's under the share price is the one that is the one that you want to sell, and then you buy the one behind it. So for me, I go out to the 30 delta, I sell that one, um, depending on how much risk you want to take. For me, um, I usually do three dollar wide um, spreads. This is a put credit spread. You're selling a put, you're receiving a credit for this spread. So it's a put credit spread. So I'll go to the 301 and buy the one behind it. Now for this spread, as it's uh, quoted right now, I would click 60 cents and I'd be risking, um, it's wrong here on, well, yeah, no, it's right. I'd be risking $240 because 240 plus the credit I receive is 300. So that the, these numbers always match. So if I'm $3 wide, there's $300 worth of money on the table. I put up $240 and the other person that takes the reverse of this trade would put up $60. Now you would say, well, why would I risk more than I have to make? And that's purely because the probability is on your side. So with this trade, you'd have a 69, around you know, 69, 70% probability of profit. Um, so you know, it, the odds are in your favor with this one. It would be bullish. So the stock's at 317, I would sell the 304 by the 301. And that would be the put side of the credit uh, spread. And um, yeah, so if, that's just a little bit of recap of our um, discussion on spreads. Like I said, I had the little hiccup. I wasn't making any trades, but I was just um, asking John a question about um, you know, just in general, and I had some of the numbers backwards. That's because on the screen, they're they're flipped upside down. So I actually had the sell farther for the put. I would have the sell farther away, and then which doesn't make any sense. You would have to be inside the range and hope your time decay on one kind of evens out. It's it's kind of odd situation. But um, 
But then getting back to Delta, which is the main topic of the night, if you want to hear more about the spread talk and uh, the total walk through all that, listen to our previous episode where we dived a lot deeper into trading spreads. But tonight was on Delta, and you heard John again mention about trading the spreads um, at 30 Delta. And again, the Delta is just the amount of money your option contract either gains or loses depending on how, if the um, stock price for that underlying stock goes up $1. And um, if you look at it, it can be negative or positive. There, there's no different. Ne um, if it's a negative delta, that just means that you're under the current stock price. So like if you're buying a put, it should have a negative delta because the stock price is actually higher than what you're buying. If you're buying a call, the delta will probably have a positive. Um, the, the delta will probably be positive because you're looking at higher than the current stock price. And um, one thing to note, and that's why I told John to specify what option contracts he was, he normally traded because he was mentioning how he trades the 30 delta. And I knew that he had trades now he trades 40 to 45 days. And you may have listened to our episode with Ivana where she was talking about 10 to 12 day um, option trade. She may look at a different delta than 30. And a lot of times for me, in which I've talked about on the show more, I, don't, I haven't been trading those long of delta. I'm looking to trade options and get out very fast. So like I normally pick the expiration that's the following week. So like if it's a Wednesday, and I'm buying an option, I might pick my expiration the following week. So when I do that, I normally trade the, what we would call an at-the-money at option, which are almost always 50 delta, right, or somewhere near there, correct, John? If you buy yeah, they're a couple pennies away from 50. Yeah, so if you buy an at-the-money option, it's going to be somewhere near 50, which means that if the stock price goes up a dollar, you make 50 bucks. So... For a shorter term option, you kind of got to take a little more risk to make a little more money because the stock, you don't have the time for it to move, you know, two or three dollars. So that's why I had John point out about the, the $45. But John, um, why don't you go ahead and recap what Delta means and then we'll keep it moving. Okay, so Delta is the percentage or the ratio that a under that the derivative moves relative to the underlying. Which basically means how much it moves if it moves, the underlying price moves $1. So if you're looking at deltas, another reason, another thing delta could be helpful or is, you're, is if you're trying to calculate, um, calcul calculate what strike price or whether to let's not say strike price because that should be based on how you think the stock's going to move not really the delta as much like but um i guess to see whether it's worth trading so if you look at the deltas and you're you're thinking in your head before you look at it i want to make 50 dollars on this i think it, and you only think it'll go up a dollar 50 or something but uh you say whatever you look at is um like a 20 delta maybe 20 dollar profit isn't you know twenty thirty dollars profit isn't enough for you to risk the money so maybe you don't trade that one so it can help you calculate how much how much the stock needs to go up to determine how much profit um, a certain amount of profit you make basically and also uh, keep in mind that the inverse of delta is your probability on the trade yeah that's a very that's something I actually did not know so that's that's very helpful so yeah if you just look at so say your delta is 40, that means your pro um, probability of profit should be 60%, right? Correct. So that's pretty, pretty easy to figure out your chance of making profit. And that's a calculated, that's a calculated theoretical chance of making profit. So use that as you, as you will. If you, you can't use that solely. So if you have a good feeling about something and you've been watching, maybe that doesn't mean as much. Because I think when I first started trading PIN, some of the probability of profits way, way down. I think that, I mean, when it was like $16, $17, some of the probability of profits were like, you know, 20, 30, 
percent, but then it, you know, gained ten dollars or so in like two weeks. So you got when you're trading stuff, keep every um, factor in mind at all times. It's not just one. You don't. You can't just base one thing off one one item. You need to look at the whole picture. Um, Friday, John, what do you? I guess for newer traders, um, Vega is probably no, not Vega. Theta is probably the next most important one. So I would say Friday, let's talk about Theta. Okay, and there's another one um, that will will probably be best to swing back to and not cover right now. Uh, but we after we do theta, we can do beta, and then we can do beta weighted deltas. Well, let's start with theta, and then we got a few more to do that's on your standard. We still got beta and stuff like that. So we're, we'll do come back on Friday and to learn about theta, which is kind of your time decay. But John will jump into that, which is one of the most important things when trading options, especially longer term options. But with that, that'll stop jargon with John covering Delta, one of the Greeks for determining the options. Let's hop right into our buy, sell, and hold. Mine's got killed last week, so I'm not even wanting to talk about it, but I guess we have to. So, John, um, you got the Yahoo Finance pulled up so we can look at the prices. I already know mine's got demolished. I don't even know. I don't know what the numbers is, but there's no chance I win. I don't have uh, I don't have the ones for this week, but no, no, just pull up Yahoo Finance and I'll call them out and you can search them like normal. Okay, sounds good. We'll put it on the screen so I can see. What do you want to start with, the buyer or the sell from last week? Let's do the sale. All right, so John's sale from last week was SVXY, which basically goes up when utility um, volatility goes down. Correct. It go, yeah, it moves opposite of volatility. Yeah, so it probably had some good moments during the week and definitely went up. I don't know how much, though. We'll see. So, John, this is SVXY, which is the opposite of basically UVXY. Uh, Monday, what was Monday? I don't have no doubt. Monday was the 6th. Monday was the six. So on Monday it opened at thirty-two seventy-six, and it closed at thirty-two twenty-one. So it went down um, forty cents or so. Yeah. What was what was it again? Go back to it. Thirteen seventy-six and closed to so 50, 55 cents. The market actually had a pretty pretty good up week last week. So. But it did go down, so that's what we're looking for for the sell stock. Um, mine, I'm not sure, went down, so I think you might get a point here. You might get two points here. I know you're about to get one on buy. As long as yours went up, you're going to get a point. Um, my sell stock was Rural Caribbean, which is pretty highly priced, so it had to go down a lot to meet the same percentage, even though John's only, you know, so let's see, John, Rural Caribbean, RCL. And that was my sell stock from last week. Let's see if, what it has on here. John's computer's running a little slow. That's not it. Type in Royal Caribbean. Right there. So, oh, good God. <laughs> so, Royal Caribbean went up last week for sure, which is not... And it kind of actually made some money on this. I knew Carnival Cruises kind of, I think, I'm pretty sure they had their um, their quarterly um, results and quarterly meeting things. So I think the it ended up being a lot better than what it's expected. And that kind of propelled like Norwegian and all of them kind of went up on Friday. Anyhow, on the sit. On Monday of last week, it opened at $50.29 and closed at $51.77, so went up, so no point there. John receives a point, is now 6-4. to four. John is catching up. Damn, I hope John's, I hope Marathon went down. <laughs> I was, the, the stock I picked, I was one week late, and I was afraid of that when I picked it, but I didn't. 
when I was looking through my stuff, I didn't know what I wanted to pick. So we just kind of shot in the dark and it just sucked. I didn't, didn't watch or anything like that. I just knew a lot of people was talking about it and it had been going up, 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 up. And then last week it went bleah, straight down. John's um, pick from last week for the buy stock was Marathon Oil MRO, which is a low price stock. So it really only has to go up a little bit to beat me. Um, on the six, always not, uh, six twenty-two. It closed at five thirty-five. That went down. No point for that one. So at least only at least John only caught up by one point um, this week. So that's good. The score is currently six to four. My buy stock was workhorse, which honestly, John, this is the worst. This was the worst pick since we've been doing the segment. Horse workhorse. Oh. Yeah. So. Wor- Workhorse is another one of them um, electric vehicle type of companies. And the problem was it was up from the previous Friday. So when it opened on Monday, it was still up and then just continually went down, basically. It was too high from the Friday, basically. That's what I'm saying. Like, it was gapped up from Friday. So it was just a bad, bad timing up. Honestly, I should kick it this way. Oh, indeed, it gapped up like uh, $4. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it gapped up, which screwed me because all that, if you've been listening to the show, all that matters on the buy, sell, and watch segment is the open price on Monday and the close price on Friday. So when it gapped up on Monday, it had nowhere to go but down. So workhorse opened last Monday at $21.18 and it closed on Friday at $15.18, which is a $6 loss per share. That was by far the worst pick we've had thus far on the buy, sell, and watch segment. Honestly, I'm half tempted to change my pick for this week and pick this for my buy week because it's down. It's way down. But the, currently the score is six to four. We got some new picks for you this week, going in the week. Again, if you're new to the show, this is the competition we have where we each pick a stock we like, a stock we dislike, going into each week. Um, the price cap is $50 per share because this is a show for regular folks. And then we're keeping score. Currently, the score is six to four. If your buy stock goes down, you don't get a point. But if you're the bet, if your buy stock goes up the most, you do get a point. Same with the sell. And then, um, just to mention from last week, honorable mention is our watch stock that we picked for fun. I picked Tilray, which I think was up about a dollar last week. We don't even have to look these up if you don't want to. All right, John's already got to type them in. So I picked Tilray as my watch stock, and um, it closed on Friday at eight dollars. And um, one cent and i think it was under seven on monday so that was a great pick that should have been my buy stock great pick would have dominated john's getting tilray pulled up if we go to the sixth it opened at seven dollars and four cents and it closed at eight dollars and one cent so that's almost a dollar increase on the week so that was a pretty good pick right there i almost traded it but i did which is what I always, I mean, every trader always says I almost traded it, but I didn't. But I figured it was at its lowest it was going to be for a while, but I never knew when it was going up. And John's watch stock was UNG, which will probably be his watch stock for this week, as well as next week, as well as the week after that, because, again, natural gas is super low right now. It closed on Friday at $10.60. And and um, it opened on Monday at, let's see. Oh, shit, John. Opened at 10.58, closed at 10.60, so no movement. UNG is more of the long-term thing, but John will continually pick UNG as his watch stock probably to, so he has the opportunity to reiterate that you should buy UNG at this point in time. <laughs> But to move on for our picks for this week, John, what's your buy stock? So again, if you haven't been listening to the episodes here recently, um, John's real into future trading overnight right now. And I think um I think two weeks ago he had wheat on here. Did you not? Yeah. 
I, I don't know if everyone. I'm heard big on of, commodities right now. I think commodities is the play. I don't know if anyone heard what John said um, before because your sound kind of cut out. But John's picture by this week is corn, and the one it's at, the ticker is actually corn in capital letters, C O R N. It's uh, to Creum Corn Fund, which I assume is just an ETF for corn. Um, John's yep. trading futures currently as we speak. Have you? Are you trading corn, or are you just trading like SPY? Uh, the corn market um, that I'm trading um, isn't open right now, so I'm just I'm just trading the micro um, uh, S and P contracts right now. Yeah, he's up like twenty dollars on the night since six o'clock. <laughs> Anyhow, John's buy stock is corn for this week, which closed on Friday at twelve dollars and twenty-seven cents, which to me is one of the better. That's kind of the area of prices I'll look for the first when I try to pick these stocks because you can get the most bang for your buck percentage-wise at like the twelve, fifteen dollar range. So John's buy stock for this week is corn. My buy stock for this week is every. So E V R I E V E R I, I guess. Yep, every Holdings, which I picked before, way back. Um, and I think every was the biggest gainer on Friday. So 45% on Friday, every was up. This is and your buy? This is my buy, even though it was up 45% on Friday, which some might say is too much. That might go down. But the reason this is my buy is this is kind of like one of them, again, we talked about on a previous show, they make the casino equipment, casinos are open up. But the reason it shot up on Friday is because um, a company called Roth Capital, they changed um, every target price to $17. Dang. So it was that, so it was that like, what was it on Thursday? Go to Thursday? So it closed on Thursday of last week. It closed at $4.66 and it closed on Friday at $5.98. So it had a pretty big jump, but it's because Roth Capital made their, um, changed their target price to $17, which is way above what it is. So is it going to reach $17 this week? Definitely not, but I think it will continue to go up some. It probably won't go up that much, but it'll go up some. So I'm picking every for this week. John, what's your sell stock for this week? My sell stock is XLF. It is the financial uh, select sector fund from the S&P 500. These stocks are in the S&P 500, but they're just a sector within it. And it is going down this week. So XLF. XLF. XLF, the financial select sector spider fund. Closed on Friday at 23.46, and it looked like it looks like last week it had alternating up and down days. So Friday was up, so John assumes tomorrow's down probably. Yeah, I think maybe tomorrow up and then Friday way down. So John thinks are those the two big move days? You think up Monday, then way down on Friday, or you think it's just gonna be gradually down? I think Monday up day, Tuesday a sideways day, and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it's trying to find the bottom. Well, what's, I don't know what the bottom is. It's not going to find the bottom. <laughs> but somewhere around like, uh, somewhere, listen, all right, so this is very important, actually, and I forgot about this. So bank earnings are coming up this week, and there's a lot of banks in this, and I think they're going to be trash. So as the bank earnings come out, this thing should get destroyed. Yeah, so I agree with that, that the bank's earnings are going to be trash. I'm kind of curious because I follow some bank stocks, which have a lot of room left to go because they're kind of smaller companies and they're down a lot right now. But by a lot of movement, I mean, they can move up two, three dollars. But um, I do think the bank earnings, a lot of bank earnings will be pretty bad. I'm curious to see what will be said in the earnings call and how much the actual earnings are disregarded. Because everyone, I mean, everyone understands that company's earnings are going to be pretty bad. A lot, if, if a company, so 
this is something, and this may not, this for a trader may be bad. I mean, it's bad um, because normally you would base how things do on their outlook and that sort of stuff. But if you have a CEO who's really good at talking and they, they kind of formulate how to say things and how to make their outlook even, you know, maybe spice up their outlook a little bit. Sometimes some companies can get a little boost right now, even if their earnings are bad, just by having a decent outlook, but not being too over the top. So I, I don't know. My sales talk for this week is, I, I don't forgot, so I got to turn back and see what we're, shit, where'd it go? Okay, so my sales talk for this week, and I know zero about this company. This was a shot in the dark, but like an educated shot in the dark. It's a company called Maxson. So, John, can you go back to the screen share? That was the ticker. Just type in Maxson, M-A-T-S-O-N. I don't know the ticker. I don't trade the stock, nor do I watch it. So, again, I don't watch the stock. Um, I do know what the company is. It is kind of like a transportation type company in Hawaii. Um, let me see if I can find the ticker for John. Um, it's kind of like a transportation type company. It's been around since the 1800s. I think it's been around since like 1880 or so. And again, I don't really follow the stock. The reason I'm picking it for my sell stock is on Friday, this stock was up $9. Wow. On Friday. And I looked, I compared where it's currently at to like it's on 52 week high. And it's only, even though we're in coronavirus, it's only four or $5 or so off of its 52 week high, which I think is, I think that's too, too high. Normally when these companies have these huge, ups and we've mentioned this many times on the show a lot, a lot of times these companies get these surges damn john a lot of times these companies get the um, companies get um big surges based on news and they go up real high and then they settle down a little bit lower than what they the high was because people buying 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 and at some point that news is going to tally off so even though the company was still, the stock technically is still way, way up compared to what it was, it's actually a little bit down to the, from the peak it reached. And I think this company is at the peak, thus it's going to move down. Um, you know, it's going to move down some. It, like I said, nine, $9 one day. And it's, a, it's not like it's $9 one day and it's a 90 $100 stock. This is a $30 stock and moved $9 in one day. M-A-T-X. M-A-T-X, John. So like I said, it moved up, you know, like nine bucks on Friday. It closed at 36.49. So I, I just think even though Yahoo Finance has short-term bullish, mid-term bullish, long-term bullish, I think they'll be a little down before it continues up, which is normally what's occurred. Because if you look at the chart that John pulls up on the screen, there's no peak where it's currently at. It's currently went straight directly up. And normally there's a peak, it goes down a little bit and then it may hang there for a while and then continue up. Right now there's no peak. And as you can see from this stock in particular, it had other surges, all of them had a, a peak and went back down first. So that's my pick for the week. John, what's your watch stock, UNG? Yeah. So John's watch stock, UNG, because it's still too low, which I still agree with that. If you're looking for something to invest for more, not a, not when I say long-term, I don't mean 20 years, but you know, the next year or so, something you want to get in and say until the next year or so, UNG is a good look. It's been going up. John's hey, up. Warren Buffett, I mean, he got on the bandwagon. He was listening to me. Yeah, and as we mentioned in the show, John's talking about Warren Buffett buying the um, natural gas portion of Dominion. And as we mentioned, Warren Buffett normally, when things are way down, he normally buys them and picks them back up. 
So, yeah, at some point, natural gas will go up. That's something that will go up. It's not like it's going to tank. We're not out of a world that has no natural gas yet. So at some point, it will have to go up. My watch stock for the week is Ford. So there's been a lot of bad news with Ford because they they lost 33% of their sales in their Q2 earnings. And now their Mexican auto parts factory is having a little bit of trouble getting parts. And so there's a lot of bad stuff there. The reason I'm picking Ford, though, it actually had um, a good update on Friday. And Yahoo Finance has short-term as bullish and midterm as bullish. And Ford doesn't really move a lot anyhow. Even when there's not a coronavirus, Ford stays between like $5, $10, really. But um, the reason I'm picking Ford, John, is the Bronco is back on tomorrow. It's the release of the Bronco, which has a huge cult following. It's one of the best vehicles probably ever invented. And this time, John, everyone, they've been teasing the Bronco coming back for years now. And everyone thought it would just be one thing. It's not. It's a brand. So there's three Broncos coming out tomorrow. One looks more like an SUV, like, um, you know, with a lot of the women like to drive more like a Subaru type look, but still a Bronco that can still, you know, do a little off-road type stuff. Then they got a mini Bronco that's like, looks like your normal off-roading truck, but like a small version. And then they got your standard Bronco and that comes out the releases tomorrow and I'm not really sure what they're doing for because like a week ago they announced that they're partnering with Disney for the release so I'm not I'm not really sure what those two go together but tomorrow there should be something from Disney and Ford on the release of the new Bronco and then this the while we're on Disney, Disney opened back up this weekend. There was a, wasn't a lot of people there, and you were required to wear masks. And so people online who thought they should be open are clowning Disney for opening back up because there wasn't a lot of people online. But that's all on the surface because Disney's uh, reservation list looked pretty good. Obviously, people wasn't going the first day it was open after being closed for three months. But anyhow... Disney's partnering with Ford for the Bronco tomorrow. And this, so Disney does not fit in our $50 li limit because it's, you know, over a hundred bucks or so. But if um, Disney may be something to trade some options in here, here soon because they opened their park up, they're partnering with Ford on the Bronco and the NBA, don't they start playing on Tuesday? Yeah, I think so. The NBA's playing. Yeah, it's not the real games, but I think there's, like, basketball back on Tuesday. That's crazy. I think the season starts at the end of the month, the 30th or 20-something. But I think these are, like, scrimmages. I'm pretty sure one of them's on TNT. I thought I got a notification from ESPN saying basketball's back on TNT Tuesday. What's Disney's ticker? I think it's just D-I-S. Oh, yeah, it is. Okay. But with all the stuff going on, I mean, options in Disney, there may be some value there. And I would pick, I wouldn't pick a week from now. I would pick a couple of weeks after the basketball really gets going. Because they're going to get a lot of publicity, ESPN. Because with the basketball, Disney, if you don't know, Disney owns ESPN, pretty much all of it. So once they start talking about sports again, that helps. Oh, I don't know. Disney's interesting. But Disney's one that can drop a lot at one time, too, so. Um, the options are pretty good in there. Let's see what. Let's yeah, see. I know. I looked at them once. I didn't get in them, but I did look at them. What are you seeing, John? Um, Speak out loud. We're on a show Let's see. Let me look for just a second. Patience with me. John's going to give y'all some insight on Disney options. So that's just something else you get with the show. Random insights on random stocks that we haven't been trading, but John may be intrigued by. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to give him a second to think about it because this was not part of the uh, itinerary for this episode, which, if you haven't noticed, wasn't much of an itinerary. Okay, I got you a 
$245 trade with the potential of making $255. Uh-oh. It's about a 50-50 bet, but it's not a lot of buying power. It's, so it's at the money. It's close to at the money. You you might well, it's one strike out of at the money. Here, let me see if I can share this real quick. But for a hundred and so Disney right now is $118. One strike down of at the money out one strike down is kind of you know, if we're talking one dollar out, I mean that Disney moves a, over a dollar on a daily basis. Well, it's a five dollars out. Also, it's five dollars out. Yeah, so sometimes that's another thing to mention with options. When you're trading um, cheaper stocks, a lot of them, so like PIN, for example, you can trade options in like 50 cents increments. It's really whatever the company wants to offer, but you can trade, you know, $30.50, and so on. Disney's, it looks like, trade in $5 increments. So if you want to buy a call, you got to buy like 120, 125, 130. It's not per dollar. And then it's not always just cheaper, um, cheaper stocks versus more expensive stocks because I know Spirit, theirs is kind of, I think theirs is like $2.50 increments. I know you can buy like $15 calls and then $17. So the, the liquidity, the amount of volume that options get and the, um, and the price of the stock, all are factors in making the drug prices. But I have a two spreads here for you. I have a um, a put credit spread and a call credit spread, which is something we've covered before. So I would separate. What is it? Are you going to say trade these simultaneously or separate? At the same time. This would be an iron condor. condor, which we have not got to yet, but we will get to. This is that would be when you trade. Um, just in quick terms, that would be when you're trading a call spread and a put spread, basically at the same time. Right. So you're basically saying that the stock will stay in the middle. Um, you'd be collecting enough credit where you would only be risking about two hundred fifty dollars but you would also have the potential to make $250 if it stays between $110 and $125, and it's currently at $119. These, th see, things like this slip my mind all the time, and I know about it, but it slipped my mind. These iron condors is what I've been, I should have been trading on pin for the last, like, three months. It's been in the same, literally, like, you can bet on it being from $27 to like $32, $33. And if it does, if the stock doesn't move, you'd still make money. Whereas having the shares, you wouldn't make money. I'm saying as long as it doesn't spike in either direction, you're in a good spot. I'm going to have to start doing these iron condors more often. I got to remind me next time I mention something, say iron condor. You don't have to say anything else, just say iron condor. I know what that means. Yeah, it's a good trade because basically you're just, it's a short volatility type trade. And, and basically as time goes on, you make money as long as like, as long as the spot, like you said, as long as something doesn't spike and volatility expands, you do pretty good. I would just keep these like, small. I feel like it's one of them, one of those trades too, where if there's a particular, so you wouldn't do this on any stock. I feel like you would make this trade on a stock that you're very familiar with. Like you would make an iron condor trade on one that you've been like watching or you at least studied their chart. Or, or um, something that, so a, a good, a good um, example of this, I've done. A, so an iron condor is, uh, is pretty simple. We've already explained that. So I think iron condor is fine here is talking about it. It's just a put spread and a call spread. So we already covered that. So it's pretty easy. You're just doing both at the same time. So one stock that I've done a strategy that's close to an iron condor, um, which is a Jade Lizard in. Let's, let's get into that a different No, episode. no, I'm not going to explain it. But basically when I would do one of those strategies, either an iron condor or a Jade Lizard, when I would do those is when the volatility was super high. And so say, say there's a stock and the volatility, there was a huge spike in it. 
Well, you know that the volatility is not going to stay high in that stock forever, but maybe you don't have a direction for like it going lower or higher. Maybe you're just thinking, well, the volatility will, or, will contract in that stock. You can sell an iron condor and have that play of the, of the volatility of that specific stock contracting more than you do have a play on the price. Yeah, I got you. Um, John, you got anything else to add for this um, episode? I think a bug bit me. <laughs> but um, with that, that's the end of this episode of Just Swinging It. Like I said, be on that lookout for some more interesting content coming down the pipelines, um, especially next Sunday. And um, a little bit even after that, because, um, yeah, we, we've been having some people actually want to do some interviews and come on the show. So we thank all the listeners for that, because now they're, you know, without y'all, why would anybody ever want to come on our show? So definitely thank y'all for that. If you're not following us on Twitter, follow us at Swinging It. So no just at Swinging It on Twitter. We post on there very often during the week. During the trading week, we post anything from John Something to Consider series, as well as some updates in our trading life is what we're doing, some trades we're making. And then we also mix it up in the comments with other people's posts. So we have a pretty good time, amount of time on there. There's serious stuff, there's jokes, there's whatever you're looking for on there. Um, you can follow me on all social media platforms at Chris McBride underscore 12. You can find John on Twitter at Burrell Invest. And you can follow John's public trading account at Burrell Invest as well, and just see um, what he's trading in the Donald Trump pump fund, which is basically the John, Donald um, John stimulus check that he's trading publicly for y'all to give y'all some insight and you know as a teaching method and that, that sort of thing. So with that, we're going to end the show on our new segment we started last episode. I don't know what it's called yet. Um, Actually, one more thing before we go, John updated the challenge. So if you listen to our trading challenge last week, um, the cha traded derivative level one, the traded derivative of the S&P 500 and make $150 profit, which will be used later. Before you could not trade options or volatility, but John has figured out that not everyone trades as much capital as him and it would take a very long time on if you are only trading, you know, two or 300 bucks to make $150 or so. So since we're a show for regular folks, my regular folks, um, you're now allowed to trade volatility products as a part of level one. So definitely look on to that. And then um, we'll be back Friday, but to take us out is our new segment, which has no name yet. And it's basically where John, I give John a music theme and he has to play something on the spot that has to do with that theme. And John just went to the beach. So John, I'm trying to go out on some tropical music for this episode. Oh God. Play me some of the cool music. You have oh, some. Play that Jamaican music you have. Jamaican? I have Jamaican music? You played something one day, it was kind of like, oh, uh, beachy, I guess, folksy. Let's see. Let's see what John can play. The thing is tropical. But that's John with some tropical music. Keep swinging. We'll see y'all Friday. John, take us out. Okay.